Ben Fred Fridays coming to you from L.A. after the Cardinals drop two or three against the Padres. And it's brought to you by Rottler Pest Control, the official pest control provider of the St. Louis Cardinals. If you're thinking of adding attic insulation to your property, in addition to insulation installation, Rottler Pest Solutions can treat your attic for pests during the installation process as well. Wildlife solutions, rodent solutions, they have it all. Do you have mice, rats, other rodents that require uh, round opening, no larger than a fourth to make their way into your home or business? If that's the case, then call Rottler. Rottler.com. Schedule your free, no obligation inspection and estimate today, 877-768-8537. We say good afternoon to my good buddy, Ben Fredrickson of the Post-Dispatch. Hello, Ben. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Hope you're, uh, hope the road trip is going well. A little bit of a rough start there for the Cardinals, but uh, a couple more series left to kind of prove that they can uh, thaw out of this offensive freeze, and they at least they were able to end that uh, San Diego series on a, on a high note. So all eyes are on the offense. All eyes are on Albert Pujols. We've got a pretty telling game for the Missouri football team this weekend and Blues training camp underway, so it's it's busy time. You were out at uh, training camp, were you not this week? I was, yeah. was there for day one as the guys kind of start to, uh, to, to get back on the scene and get going, and kind of a cool thing. We're allowed to be back in the in the uh, dressing room now for interviews and one-on-ones and it's not all going to be kind of the, uh, the zoom approach. So that that's good for a journalist side of things. And we've certainly benefited from being able to be back around the players on the baseball side. So hockey is there now and that's great. So looking forward to that this season and glad the NHL and the blues made it happen. I, uh, I, I think the thing I take away from the Padre series besides a lack of offense, but the uh, final few innings from Jack Flaherty yesterday, that was Jack Flaherty that we've seen before. And they've been telling us, hey, his baseline is there. He's throwing hard. Spin rate is good. I went back and looked at it, and uh, he finished with the flourish. He figured something out, and that is something to watch out for here in the final couple of weeks. Yeah, I think that's a nice uh, silver lining to a frustrating series. You've got Jack throwing hard late in the game, getting strikeouts, swing and miss, overcame some adversity in that game and didn't get derailed by it, but kind of recentered and buckled down. And that's really, that's really encouraging. Um, this is his most encouraging performance since he's been back. We saw and heard some some comments about some of the stuff that he had during the rehab tour, um, looking like maybe some of the stuff he had in 19, Dan, but we hadn't really seen that as much in his starts at the major league level. And this was the first time we can say we did. Um, I think Dakota Hudson has been really encouraging in his last, you know, his last start. I mean, you've got some real interesting kind of things happening here in the rotation guys trending in the right way. Some guys searching for it a little bit who've been super productive that are really going to make things compelling when the Cardinals figure out, okay, what's this going to look like? when they have to prepare for a playoff series, they insist they're not, they're not locking those things in yet. They're going to depend on matchup and, you know, the, the, the lineup they want to play and, and how that suits, you know, the, the pitcher. So I think it's probably as much up in the air as we've seen a conversation like this be in some time. There've been some years when we absolutely know, but uh, there are guys here who are kind of trying to make things interesting late. And I wonder too, you know, if Jack's got two of his pitches working really well, what kind of damage could he maybe do out of the bullpen in a in a three game playoff series? It'd kind of be the right handed compliment to Steven Matt. So I, I just wonder, you know, what what's the best fit for him, and 
it's a good thing to have these kind of conversations because some teams are going, hey, who the hell are we going to get the ball to? Absolutely. Uh, I also think that what has been good is seeing Michaelis get back to where he was. He was overshadowed by uh, the ineffectiveness of the offense and certainly what was going on with Blake Snell. But uh, getting Michaelis back to where he needs to be is is very important because the way I would look at it, if you had a three-game series, which you will, is probably Montgomery game one. You're at home, so I'm going to go either down or I'm going advancing with Wayno, and then Michaelis game three. I think that's probably the way I would look at it. Yeah, I mean, I think especially if it's if you're if you're facing the Brewers, I mean, you've got to go Montgomery game one. I mean, he's so good against um, he's so he's been so good, and the Brewers are are so bad against left-handed pitching. I mean, you kind of if it's the Brewers, you wonder if maybe maybe you go Quintana at some point because they just if you look at their OPS against lefties compared to righties it really falls off the Padres they're a more they're a more even team um you know and so and we'll see if the Cardinals can maybe catch a wind here and try to run down one of these other two teams in the National League it looks less likely every time they lose those teams aren't exactly falling off a cliff so I think that you probably you know would love to give Wainwright one of those starts but I also think that Ollie is going to really base this thing off of who's pitching well and and what the opponents look like against him in the matchups. Um I think that he's going to he's going to really walk that thing up to the wire and he's going to tell these guys. I mean, he told them at at spring training you're going to find out what kind of teammate you are when something goes against you individually that's better for the team and we're going to ask you to support that. And I, th- I think this team has really developed a a buy-in on that. We see guys be okay with getting pinch hit for. We see guys understand. And as long as that works, then then it makes the buy-in that much better. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, we could see a curveball or two in that postseason rotation still. Um, and I do think they're actually, sometimes we hear about competition down the stretch and it's kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah. But I do think they're actually monitoring this to see if they see a, a different avenue. The other thing is too, I think they would be wise, and I think they're going to, it sure sounds like, get Miles and Wainwright uh, a, a skip start here down the stretch so they can feel like they're at full rest and, and and kind of giving them a chance to have their best stuff when they enter the postseason. No doubt about it. Um, well, Albert, uh, you got lefties coming up, man. What do you think? Does he do it this weekend in L.A.? selfishly i hope he waits until he's back home um i know i I know that can't i can't get greedy there i mean you can't be messing around with picking and choosing when you do it um against la there would be some nice symmetry there some nice poetry without the dodgers going to Pujols and saying we see a fit here the cardinals do they have him back dan i mean it was really what albert did with that you know with that role that he has now for the Dodgers that kind of I think opened a lot of eyes um, of course the DH coming online full time allows you to play him on a team that has Paul Goldschmidt but his his you know splits and his performance his production with the Dodgers I think kind of opened up everybody's eyes to this guy's a got gas left in the tank and he's open to having a different kind of role so if, if you don't see it in in St. Louis then it would be there would be some coolness factor to having it happen in LA against the Dodgers. And uh, it might also, you know, it might also give the Dodgers a little bit of a, not a fear, but a, but, but a thought of, Hey, maybe, uh, maybe this guy's going to come back to bite us. um, If the Cardinals and Dodgers wound up meeting each other. So I I thought he was going to have it by the time they left home. Um, So at this point, I I feel like it's going to just be a matter of time. He's taking good at bats. He almost put one out the other day. 
Um, the swings are good. I mean, he's breaking up a no hitter for God's sake. He's taking some of the best at bats on the team. So you feel like the home run is at least one of the, one of the next two home runs is right around the corner here. Yeah, absolutely. And the Dodgers are a juggernaut. Can you imagine being, uh, Artie Moreno or an angels fan and you, you cut bait with Albert. He goes to the Dodgers. He's productive. Now he's back home in St. Louis. He comes to LA and now has a chance to, to hit 700. I, I, I think the the symmetry of that or whatever I'm trying to come up with is is not lost on me. I mean, there's a lot of symmetry with this, uh, with him coming back to L.A. and having a chance at history. Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, credit to the Dodgers for for saying we've got a place for Albert Pujols. Now, they didn't they had an opening at first base at the time. I know there were some Cardinals fans last season who were frustrated that Cardinals didn't grab him right away, but. They they needed to, you know, they needed he wasn't going to play over over Paul Goldsmith. They it wouldn't have worked, so they didn't have the DH for the Dodgers. It, it was a fit for the Cardinals. It was it, it was a fit once they got the DH back. But really, it was what Albert did and how they how the Dodgers used him that really made this uh, something that could be dreamed upon by the Cardinals, and it made it a no brainer to try to bring him back. So, you know, everybody likes to be down on the Dodgers for all the money they spend and all of the big contracts they, they sign and how they push the payroll and it makes it hard to compete with. But it wasn't a big spin for for them that unlocked Albert Pujols' new role and kind of this this surge toward the finish. It was them being smart and saying, we see the numbers, they, we like this potential fit, we'll pay them the league minimum to come and, and, and eat you know left-handed pitching for us. And the Cardinals kind of looked around and said, hey, that – that can work for us. Also, it will sell tickets and people will love to have him back. And you just don't know what will happen when he's, when he's locked back into St. Louis and, and, and we've seen it. I mean, I think we all knew Dan that Albert would do his best to rise to the occasion, but I don't think we could have predicted anything like this. Um, you look at some of the all time greats who have had these kind of reunion seasons with their, the team they started with. And there's a lot of them, Pete Rose, Ken Griffey Jr., Ichiro, um, you know, Reggie Jackson, they all had stories where they went back to the team they started with for a season or two at the end. And if you actually look at what they did in those seasons, there wasn't a lot of production. Right. There was there was there were seasons that were shortened by injuries. There were there were seasons that were frustrating. There were seasons that were really more about the story than the production. And Albert, I think you can argue on top of all the other great things he's done this year has had probably the all-time best reunion season with the team he left before heading off into retirement. I, I don't think that's a stretch to say that at all. It's Well, it's among them. If it's not the best, it's it's among them, that's for sure. want to tell you about Ryan Kelly, lock and shop program that can lock you in at any time. The home loan expert can protect the rate for up to a year. Simple refi can lower those monthly payments. If rates drop in the future, that's Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. And also tell you about Mark Milton. He is stltaxlawyer.com. If you have any kind of tax issues, uh, he really is the best in town. stltaxlawyer.com, and that's Mark Milton. Remember, the choice of a lawyer is not based solely on advertisements. Um, I want to get into then tomorrow is Mizzou, and uh, you call you know you follow college football very tightly uh, and closely. I I think they could get blown out in this thing, man, with the way that they've played so far. I I I shudder at that, but I I just don't see a lot of good signs right now with Mizzou. 
Well, the only good, the best sign for Mizzou right now, Dan, is that Auburn's got a bunch of bad signs too. I agree. Um, and that's 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 the matchup right now. These are two incredibly desperate teams, and Auburn is even in worse shape than Mizzou. The general percept, and that and that doesn't mean Missouri's going to win. Don't get me wrong. I, I I think Auburn is. Missouri has to prove that they can go on the road under Eli Drinkwitz and play competitive football against a power five or sec opponent before you can give them the benefit of the doubt on the road period if they don't block and they've had trouble on the line then then it's going to be chaos once again and they've not looked sharp away from memorial stadium so let's start there however auburn dan has lost five consecutive power five games Um, they got their worst home loss last week at home against penn state um, that they've had since 2012, most lopsided. They got blown out in the second half. Um, you got to go back to 2012 since they've lost at home that bad and that led to a coaching change that season. Um, you've got an injured quarterback who's not going to be playing in this game for Auburn. And you've got this general you know, agreement, it seems to be consensus opinion across the SEC that if Brian Harson, the former Boise State coach, now the head coach at Auburn, loses this game, that he's going to be fired. Um, Missouri has gotten a lot of coaches fired since they entered the SEC, they can't make that their goal. You don't really want to be the school that everybody gets fired to after losing to. That doesn't. That's not exactly a sign you want to put on your wall. But we know how the SEC works. You either push guys out, or eventually you're the one who get, ends up getting pushed out. So I, Missouri can't worry about Auburn's issues, but it does have to. It has to put a more competent product out there. It now knows how quickly things can go awry on the road. They learned that in Manhattan. I think in this game, you want to see them learn from that. No doubt. Um, what are you learning about Eli? Uh, is it all talk and, and not a lot of substance? Where, where are you at with Eli Drinkwitz? Well, I think that, you know, my opinion going into this year was that year three needs to build up a really good head of excitement for year four. I think year four is going to be the make or break season for Eli. Um, right now, it's a lot of good recruiting on paper and not a lot of good results on the field. You really like to be this year one that proves all of these talented recruits, all of these stars on the recruiting trail are going to start paying off on the field. And the other thing, too, is that is this offense going to bloom? Um, He was brought on as supposed to be an offensive guru, a quarterback developer. And we haven't seen a lot of those things that were talked about come come to fruition yet. Now, maybe it's getting the right players in there, but he's had. You know, this is year three. It's time for some of those players to start producing. Some of the biggest questions that I have right now are about the offensive line. I mean, you can recruit offensive linemen too. And right now this group is, is has not looked exactly capable of playing winning football at, at, a, at a high, you know, competitive level that the SEC is. So seeing that group get better, seeing how they mix and match guys there. I mean, an offensive line can improve over the length of the season. But if it doesn't, then I don't know how you'd have – how you'd have higher expectations for year four. So uh, it's time for the, it's time for the sizzle and the social media hype and the recruiting rankings, which are fun and everybody loves to track. It's time for those things to start paying off on the field. And it's, if that happens, this season should be getting better, not worse, maybe not in terms of wins and losses, but in terms of the product. And if this season is what we saw at Manhattan um, in week two, then it's, it's going to really put a cloud over Eli's head for year four at the best. You were at blues camp. What stood out for you at, at camp uh, with the Blues? Well, Dan, it's pretty much the, the same team, uh, minus David Perron. 
Um, there's not a ton of competition for spots. There's some young guys who who, who could maybe uh, you know impact things as the season goes along, but we kind of know what this group is and what their goal is going to be is to prove that they didn't need to add a bunch of pieces or bring in a bunch of guys from the outside to to get better. Uh, there's there's going to be you know I think a an opinion that this team can't be better than it was last year because they didn't add anybody and they lost that one of their most you know, clutch scores and David Perron. Um, and I think the blues are betting on guys taking strides forward, specifically, you know, Robert Thomas and, and Jordan Cairo talked to Robert Thomas the other day. He's talking about having the exact same contract as Cairo joking that he should get a cut of that because his came first and maybe it helped set the table for, for Cairo, but these guys get it. I mean, the team is banked on them now. It, they've invested in them big time. It, they can no longer be that, uh, you know, the young guys who are, who are promising, they need to be the young stars who are producing. And I think this season has to be that switch for those guys. Um, they also need some of the guys who have, and it's a thinning group, some of the guys who've actually tasted a championship to justify the contracts they have. I think Colton Pareko, Braden Shin, Jordan Bennington, these guys are are committed to for a long time, and they need to prove that those contracts were were good bets. And then that could also tell us you know, how wise the Blues bets on Kairou and Thomas looked as well. And uh, what will hover over this season, maybe training camp as well, is the future of the captain, and that's Ryan O'Reilly. Man, the, it's it's a huge story, and unfortunately, there's a, a pattern here that will need to be broken in order to keep him around beyond this season. It sure seems like all of the players for the Blues, if they don't have a new deal entering their their season when they're entering unrestricted free agency, it doesn't come. I mean, you look at what happened with Petrangelo with Perron, there are others. Most of the guys who end up signing extensions, Dan, they do it early, like like Thomas, like Kairou. Um, I mean, Colton Pareko, Jordan Bington, all of these other guys. It, it seems like when a guy gets into this free agent season with the Blues, it rarely leads to an extension getting struck. Now, I hope that's not the case with Ryan O'Reilly. I think it's important to try to find a way to keep him around. I think he wants to be here. Of course, he's also going to want to get paid. But I think if the Blues view this season as being more than one that just sets up a transition to the future with with Kairou and Thomas leading the way, I think those two guys will benefit a lot from having Ryan around. And and I hope that maybe they're slow playing it. Maybe they're maybe they're sounding less optimistic than they really are. But I hope they find the cap space and and, and enough wiggle room to get O'Reilly back because I think he's really a key to how this team plays, how its culture exists uh i mean vladimir tarasenko doesn't know by the week whether he wants to be here or not it seems like o'reilly knows he wants to be here he's the captain of the team for the reason um the blues have let a captain leave before um and so you know armstrong can get pretty cold-blooded but I just think O'Reilly still has a lot to give this team, and I hope he's around for more than one year. You wrote a great piece on Bobby Petrino a few weeks ago, and uh, he had Arkansas on the ropes. I mean, the guy can flat-out coach. Do you, do you see him getting back in the, the Power Five, or there's an opportunity that somebody would take that chance on him? Well, I mean, I think there's an opportunity folks could be interested in him for sure. Um, you know, I kind of asked him when I was down there if he views himself making that jump, and he and he shut it down. And, you know, you don't ever want to speak about what ifs, but Missouri State's going to try to keep him and fight like heck to do so. But they also know that if he wants to scratch that power five itch and gets the chance, then there's going to be money there they can't compete with. And they've been so happy that the results have come that I think they feel like they're in a better position to succeed in the future no matter what. 
I, if I were him, I would, I would, I would stay and, and make Missouri state the best I could and be happy there. Uh, but these coaches, they're driven by different things than, than others. Um, and if he feels like that's what he has to prove, then there could be interest. I mean, we've seen Nebraska make an in-season change. We could see one at Auburn, depending on how things go for Harson. Um, you look at, you know, some of the, the chances other coaches have gotten and you look at what Petrino does in terms of just winning and producing winning teams. And yeah, I think there would be a team out there that will be calling probably multiple ones. It will be curious to see what his, um, what his interest level is. If I were him, I'd hang out in Springfield and and go try to win multiple FCS national championships there. And I think he could do it, but uh, he's got to want that. And it's hard. He's a hard guy to read when it comes to that stuff. And the history of that is long. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? And He's going to have to get an upgrade of facilities down there, I would think, too. I'm sure that's something that he probably intimated to you that he's going to need that. But if he gets it, I mean, who's to say that he he wouldn't do something special there? I mean, they've they're working like heck to make it better. They're, they've got alumni groups invested. They've got they've got former players coming back who want to try to do stuff to help. Um, they're they're upgrading things on the fly. They've made his package better since he's been there. So I think they've shown him that they're willing to grow this as fast as as he can grow it. Um, But there are going to be levels and and places that are in different pools. And and Missouri State knows that. So it'll be really compelling how much his name stirs. He didn't get the win against Arkansas, but I'll tell you what, he had 10th-ranked Arkansas on the ropes down double digits late. And I actually thought, I think this Arkansas team is very good. And I thought it was really impressive how they came back. They didn't get rattled. They they have an explosive player at quarterback. I mean, they're they have beaten, you know, they've beaten some good teams, including Cincinnati already this season. And I'm just I'm very impressed. I don't know that we're talking enough about Arkansas nationally, which makes that Missouri State, you know, game that much more impressive for the Bears. So they've got a big game this weekend and, and could really make a statement coming off that Arkansas game now that they kind of switch more toward their their level games and I wouldn't be surprised if we see them win a bunch more games this year. Because we care your trusted source for basement Do you have a waterproofing issue in your basement? Stratum Structural Systems is there to help. It's why they're the number one waterproofing company in the Midwest. They put the customer's interests first, provide lasting solutions, and eliminate the homeowner stress. StratumRepair.com Because we care the Lou Fuse Automotive Network. They have new, pre-owned, commercial trucks, custom vehicles, stress-free car shopping. It's all with Lou Fuse. Head to Fuse.com to see the dealership near you. And don't forget about what they do for our community with Fuse Athletic. It's Lou Fuse, St. Louis's number one car dealer. Lou Fuse, we are St. Louis. Lou Fuse, we are St. Louis. Lordo's Diamonds, for engagement rings, wedding bands, watches, fashion jewelry. It's all at lordosdiamonds.com. It's more than a tagline. It's their everyday ambition. Lordo's Diamonds, your family's jeweler for life. See more at lordosdiamonds.com. Well, I know you've always got uh, something up your sleeve, my man. So uh, what are you working on this weekend at the Post-Dispatch? Well, I'm, uh, I'm going to get into this debate about what should be done with home run balls, uh, especially number 700 for Albert. I thought it was fascinating that uh, the guy who caught Judge's 60th handed it back. Um, really compelling discussion there. Um, I'm also going to 
I've I've been pretty quiet about the uh, fighting, the scrapping going on around the Ramsey location money and how it should be stored or saved or spent or invested. So I'll uh, take a stab at that for this weekend's paper as well. And uh, hopefully by by the by the end of that, we'll be writing some Albert Pujols uh, seven hundred coverage. So what is your thought on on what uh, needs to be done with a record setting ball? Well, I would if it were hit to me, I think I would give it back. It's easy for me to say now. Um, but uh, to me, that seems like the right thing to do. And then if you hope that the player rewards that, I think that's fine. Um, I understand, I guess, the people who say, hey, it's it's a free market economy, put it up for the highest bidder, and if a player wants it, they certainly have the resources to go pay for that. It just feels a little uh, unromantic, and I think baseball is, uh, is a romantic sport. So I, I saw the guy who gave Judge the ball back, got like four signed bats, but uh, surely Aaron could, uh, could maybe hook him up with a little bit more than that, especially if we didn't have to twist his arm to give it to him. So, you know, I'd also be curious, and maybe you've talked to him about this, Albert has already given away some of these home run balls that he's hit. Now I would imagine he would probably want 700. But I think sometimes we we can at times overestimate maybe what it means to these players. It might mean more to an investor or a buyer, a merchandise collector, than it could to the actual player in terms of monetary value. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, I, I think it really is. And it's it's fascinating to see the the folks like it was with McGuire. It's brought me back to that when I was covering that and doing games then of, uh, you know, how they chase the ball and uh, <laughs> people are hopping on each other. It's just crazy. But it's it's fun. I mean, it's been so much fun. This season's been really a magical season if you're a Cardinal fan. Uh, all right, buddy. Thanks for doing this, and we'll catch you up next Friday. Thanks for always uh, checking in. All right, man. Sounds good. Have a good weekend.